Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers on a Tuesday morning. It's great to have you on. I got a new guest in the clubhouse today, somebody, a team that we've covered only once before, maybe twice, but a new guest to the clubhouse. So, Dylan, welcome to the clubhouse, and thank you for joining us on a Tuesday morning. Hey, thank you for, for letting me on. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. All right, good. We're excited to have you. So you're, wait a second, let me see if I get this right. You're a Twins fan? No, 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 no. Uh, Detroit Tigers? No, no. Who are you a fan of? I'm sorry. I'm a diehard Cleveland Indians fan. And even though they're the Guardians, I still call my Indians. I love the fact that you call it the Indians. I played, when I played Little League Baseball, I was on the Indians for three years. I still struggle calling it the Guardians. All my Indian stuff is like collector's edition stuff now, right? I, I have, yeah, I have quite a bit of uh, Cleveland Indians gear dating back. I have a Francisco Lindor 1970s uh, throwback jersey. Um, I have four different hats from the 1990s. And I have the 1995 placard. Okay. Okay, so you and I watched a great documentary. I think MLB Network did it maybe three years or so ago, talking about the 90s um, Indians. And it was called like the team that never was or something. Because some, you guys had some great players and then management kind of single handedly kind of took you guys the other direction. Yeah, it, it did. Um, it was kind of weird, especially since I'm only at a, a under 25 we'll put under 25 um knowing and growing up with the names like sandy alomar jr uh we had roberto alomar we had eddie murray um jim tomey charles Nagy, like all those big or big name guys at the time and you know growing up and having to watch years of suck <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's kind of different seeing a, a positive image as well. Yep. Yep. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. So so tell me, how do you become an Indian slash guardian fan? It's by birth. It's always by birth. Whenever you grow up and watch Cleveland's games, like there's a sense of pride knowing that you're the underdog every day. I love that. That's my favorite question on any of these interviews to ask because it always comes back to family. My dad, mm -hmm. my brother, my cousin, my uncle, my aunt, my grandma, whoever used to take me to games. And and that's what makes baseball great, right? That's what makes really America, America, is Correct. going getting your peanuts and Cracker Jacks at a baseball game with family. Yep. It, and it doesn't get any better, especially on 4th of July and going to the ballpark and watching fireworks shoot up in the sky, even if the team loses. That's right. That's right. It doesn't get any better. Okay, so now we know that you're a Guardians fan, and you guys are having a decent season this year. You're only a couple of games out of first place. I picked you guys to win that division because I and Tino I trust, right? Um, and so, Correct. favorite player, favorite current player, favorite player of all time. Current favorite player, I will have to stick with Jose Ramirez. He is by far one of the greatest. And this is just my personal opinion. Jose Ramirez is by far one of the greatest third basemen that we have seen in a very, very long time. He doesn't have to play 
you don't need to have him getting gold gloves or anything like that. He just has to perform and be a leader. Um, and then in terms of all-time favorite players, it's hard because I grew up – like there was there was a lot of faces and a lot of names that went through. Um, but I think the one that I personally will stay with because I love how he played growing or, and watching videos of him, it will always be Sandy Alomar Jr., that's a good call. That's a really, really good call. Sandy Alomar Jr. See, you're picking players. See, you're a man after my own heart. Because you're picking players that just lace it up and want to play and want to do well. And they don't care about the limelight. They don't need to go out and, you know, have all kinds of crazy off-field antics and things like that. They recognize the fact that they play, that they've got a limited time to play. And that in order Correct. to be successful, they need to continue to just be the man on the field, right? Correct. Every day. And so I love that. I That makes me excited that you named those names. Those are good names. I, I could have went with another guy, but I didn't want to I didn't want to go too, too far on him yet because I've still got high hopes on him. Who's that? Stephen Kwan. Okay. Okay. Um, well, who's the kid? Who's your pitcher that weighs like a buck 30 dripping wet that throws like 150 miles an hour? <laughs> Uh, that there's two guys. We have a Emmanuel Class A, um, by far one of, I think one of the most dominant closers we've had in a long time. And then we also have Tristan McKenzie, who McKenzie is that's who I was thinking of. An a twelve six, um, twelve six curve. He's got a beautiful slider. His fastball it. It's a, it rises just right. Like he's a by far a very good starting pitcher. Yes. I had no idea who he was. And <laughs> then I watched a Saturday game, I want to say, because I've got the MLB network on my iPad and I watched the Saturday game. And I'm like, who, first of all, this kid looks like he's 12, but, and, and it looks like you can like blow and you're going to knock him over. Right. But, He's up there peppering 98 wherever he wants to throw it, and then he's got a wicked, nasty slider, like you said, and I'm thinking, we're going to hear about this kid a lot. <laughs> so, I like there's, this there's, guy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of rumors, and and I, I wish these rumors kind of would silence a little bit because right. I, I speak on the, the positive side of things, especially for how much I kind of liked him as a pitcher. Um, Shane Bieber is possibly on the trade market. Uh -huh. We don't know um, what the outcome of that will be, but there there was a high amount of belief that Tristan McKenzie will replace Bieber as the ace for the team. And that's possible. That's possible because, because Shane Bieber is a little older now, right? And and he's local from so SoCal. Um, I have a a one degree separation from him when it comes to a good friend that, you know, is, is kept in touch with them. They went to high school together and things like that. Um, right. But he is a little older and he's starting to get injury prone. So there's still value in that tank. So I say, go out and get it and get the value. You got McKenzie, you know, you're only, you're really only a couple of series wins away from making the playoffs and making a deep run because Again, your manager knows how to win in, in October. 
And so, and it's, again, it's good for the Indians to be back in it. So as much as the baseball world may not have looked at the 17 World Series or the 16 World Series with the, the Indians and the and the Cubs, that was historic for a baseball purist. So you've got to love that. And so Yeah, especially I, I will not lie to you. So I was actually in school. And I had I had final exams that week. I'm I'm not or I had um, midterm exams that week, which is crazy. So I was up the entire night watching this game. Watched Rajay or Rajay Davis hit the home the the tying home run on Aroldis Chapman, and everybody freaking out. Yep. And we got out of the inning. You know, I, I'm a, I'm I'm a man of faith. God was not. Uh, he wanted something. He had something else planned for. for baseball, you know, series overall. Um, and I can't I can't say no to, you know, watching the Cubs win a World Series too. I'm a baseball purist, and I'll tell you right now, I had no skin in that game. So that was, for me, that was one of the best series I've watched. Now, it, I'm a Dodger fan, so if the Dodgers were in that and that was that type of series, I would have been losing my mind. But <laughs> I would have also... When the Dodgers got beat in 2017, it hurt. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie to you that the fact that the Astros won and they had never won a World Series before, the baseball peers to me is like, okay, that works out. The baseball gods finally decided to bless them. And then when we heard what happened, then I'm like, well, I ought to. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and that's one of the things like, you know, growing up and playing baseball today, um, it's kind of weird because I, I take – Being honest with the game and having the integrity is a big, big piece of, of how I am. And when I saw the Astros, the, the news about the Astros come out, uh, the first thing I thought was take take the series away, give it, give it back to the Dodgers because they're the only team that's been playing fairly. Well, it, offline, I'll tell you what I would have done if I was Commissioner Bill for a day. I'm not going to tell you online because I don't know who's going to listen to this. Um, and, and I don't want somebody to come find me and torch me. But um, the Astro fans have been phenomenal to me. Um, and so I don't have an issue with the Astro fans at all. Um, but I, I feel bad. I, I was glad to see that, like last year, I, I wanted Philly to win because I'm a National League guy, right? Mm -hmm. But I was also okay with the Astros winning so that they could break that whole you know, oh, we cheated scandal type thing. Right. So um, that being said, I was I was okay with the outcome. I Right. And and that's why I felt, you know, I've met a lot of Houston Astros fans as well. And I know what type of, you know, pain they've went through as well. I can't blame them because there was years where they were absolutely terrible. And you wanted nothing but to have them get better. Like that's all you wanted. Yep. Yeah. No, it was tough. There was there was years there where when you're talking teams that are losing a hundred, hundred and ten games, it's like the um it's like the A's, right? They've already lost 70 games this season. They are on pace right now. If they continue this pace, they're on pace to lose 120 games this season. That's just sad. 
that's just, I mean, these are guys that are putting their lives on hold to play a sport. And granted, you know, the league minimum is $750,000. So it's $60,000, $62,000 a month. So right. I can put up with anything for $62,000 a month, right? Or almost anything. But right. yeah, it's, yeah, difficult. So, um, okay, tell me about ballparks. Where have you been? What major league ballparks have you been to? So I've been to I've been to two, and okay. I've I've visited a few. Uh, the two that I actually got to watch baseball and enjoy baseball, um, I went to Chase Field. Probably, okay. in terms of appearance and everything regarding you know the stadium and the the environment, um, it's it's beautiful. I, I've never. I've never seen anything else like it. Um, but, you know, my diehard Cleveland Indians stadium, progressive field, or I will say this only once Jacobs field uh, yep. will be. By, and I think looking at those two fields and looking at, you know, feels like Fenway progressive field is its own different environment. Like the fan base is a hundred percent, you know, they're loud when they need to be loud. Um, they're like, they're into the game and, and you could, you saw it back in 2016 with the world series. Like as soon as Rajay Davis hit that home run, I think they said the seismic or the seismograph said that the, the cheers from the stadium was equivalent to a 6.2 earthquake or something like that. Yep. That's loud. Yep. Trust me. I've, uh, I was at Dodger Stadium during game two of the 17 World Series. And I've been to Dodger Stadium in my lifetime. No exaggeration, maybe 300 times, right? Mm -hmm. And I've sat in most places around the stadium. And we were on the field level down by the foul pole, me and a buddy of mine. <clears throat> or when Justin Turner hit a single to tie up the game, that place got so loud. I literally had felt the ground shake. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is... I've never seen this before. Oh, this is weird. And and it was weirder. So that that 2016 World Series, I think what was it that? I think that night the Browns were. I think the Browns were playing, or either Cleveland, the Cavaliers were playing that night. And the Cavaliers, like they put the game on. I, I if I remember correctly, because I watched the I watched that game, and I was listening to the Cavs game. And they said it's so loud in Cleveland right now because Cleveland or the Indians just tied the game that we can hear it from inside the booth. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, okay. Okay. I like it. So let me pose this question to you then. Okay. Let's say you had the month of August off and okay. you had unlimited resources, but you you and, and your significant other could only visit five ballparks that you haven't been to. Where are you going? What's your bucket list? So my personal bucket list is Truist Park, mm -hmm. Camden Yards. Um, I would probably visit Minute Maid Park as well, as much as I'm not a big Astros guy, but I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for the stadium. Uh, Globe Life uh, Park, and I would say, I say there there would be a toss up between Dodger Stadium and Petco Park because 
both of those both of those stadiums, Dodgers Stadium is by far one of the most iconic stadiums. Same thing with Camden Yards. Um, but there is there's also a like an iconic, you know, building in the middle of the ballpark, which will never be moved in at Petco Park. And it's beautiful. Like the, the atmosphere, everything around, you know, Dodger Stadium and Petco Park are are just beautiful areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that's a toss-up. If you've never been to either one of them, Dodger Stadium's an experience for the history. Petco mm-hmm. Park is an experience because of what's around it. I mean, they've got restaurants, they've got bars, they've got everything. They've got the metal building, right? Western Medical or Med Supply or a Metal Supply over there. I mean, it's an experience. I, I've been to Petco a bunch, and it. I, either way, you're not going to lose. Um, right. I I will tell you, in the last month, I've taken stadium tours of Truett's Field and of Minute Maid Park. I've walked on the field. I've been in the visiting dugout. They're both phenomenal stadiums. Um, they're they're absolutely fantastic stadiums. Truett Field is just gorgeous. If you get a chance to go to the to a game, and then the next day take a tour, take the tour, spend the money, take the tour. Minute Maid, absolutely. same thing. Take the tour; it's phenomenal. Um, at Minute Maid, they have a rule where they don't keep the roof open unless it's a certain temperature, and it's guaranteed one hundred percent guaranteed not to rain. So. Ben. 75, 80% of their games are, are with the roof closed. And the owner has a suite that's 442 feet away from home plate on the left field side. And he's got a window. And he says, anybody that breaks my window, I'll give him, I think it was like a million dollars or something like that. Right. But it's a fool. It's a fool's bet. It's never happened because most of the time the, the roof's closed. So how are you going to hit the suite on the building across the street if the roof's closed? Right. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So take those tours. They're phenomenal. They're absolutely breathtaking. But good calls on those. Um, Thank you. OK, final question for you, because I know you got you got stuff to do and I appreciate you taking your time out on a Tuesday morning. Final question for you. What do the Indians slash Guardians uh, need to do in the second half to contend? To It's going to be really hard for you guys to get a wild card because this with the AL East and the AL West so good. So it's win the division or don't play in October. So what is it that you guys need to um, to get accomplished? Uh, so I think there's a few things. So one of, the, one of the big things that we are having issues with, and I've been seeing this all, all season, has been our rotation and our starting pitching. Um, McKenzie has been, you know, hurt. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He hasn't been hurt like that in a while. Uh, you had Aaron Savali that came off of an injury, and that, that was putting us in the wrong position. Bieber's been uncharacteristically in the worst spot possible. Um, I think revitalizing what Cleveland is known for in terms of their bullpen and their rotation and making it better again is important for us to, this back half of the season. The other thing I've, I've kind of been disappointed about is the lack of this – is, this is one thing that we saw last year, and I think you, you can agree to this. One of the things I saw that, that whole season was 
how disciplined Cleveland's hitting was. They were always good on, you know, or watching and making sure that it's it's right there. Otherwise, you're not swinging at it. Um, and they were also they're known for forcing the defenses to make errors. We're we're not seeing it that much this year. Yes, the bigger bases is giving everybody an advantage, but Cleveland is not doing the best in terms of taking those advantages. Yeah, yeah, you got to, I tell people all the time, physical mistakes are going to happen. They just are, right? Mm -hmm. um, you saw it in New York the other night with somebody missing a fly ball, um, a bad throw. They're just going to happen. I, I mean, we're all human. I played baseball growing up all the way through high school and college. So they're going to happen. It's the mental mistakes that will kill you. And mm -hmm. as an opposing team, when somebody makes a mental mistake, you have to capitalize on it. Period. Yep. Right. Yep. You got to make them pay for that mental mistake. If you don't make and, them pay for that mental mistake, what are you doing? Right. And and some of the things that I'm also and I'm hoping Cleveland actually because Cleveland hasn't done this in a long time, and I wish Cle like the the front office can kind of get their heads in the right position. Right. Because one of the things that we have had problems with is right when the trade deadline happens. We don't make any significant moves. We stick with what we got. And in reality, with this team and how it's playing, Nail Josh Naylor's playing still phenomenal baseball. He struggled a little bit at the first half of the season, but he, he's got that fight or he revitalized it over the all-star break somehow. You have Jose Ramirez, no question, he's still there. Um, you have Stephen Kwan, who's still shows that he's a gold glover as an outfielder. Same thing with Miles Straw. But then now we have this issue of we brought in Mike Zunino, and that was a, a botched mistake in signing him. A lot of pass balls in the start of the season. Now we brought up Bo Naylor showing a lot of positive, you know, appearances so far. And even defensively, he's showing he, he can do it. David Fry came up. He's looking very good as well. Um, you also have like Jimenez. There's there's pieces that we need in terms of significant improvements. And I think the biggest need for us, and like I said, is start or the, the pitching as a whole, rotation and bullpen. Leaving you know Classe, Tristan McKenzie, and I would I would even say. Or uh, Trevor Stevens, he, he needs to be given a little bit of time, and uh, I would also say right field. We've had a big problem this year with right field, and I it's been kind of convert or con confusing to me because we don't have a solidified right fielder right now. We have three different people that we can put there. Yeah, yeah, it's. That's that's a good call. I, and that's again, that's kind of where some of your counterparts like the White Sox are struggling. They don't have certain pieces of the puzzle where they've got people that are going to platoon and play different positions all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's not because of injury. The Dodgers do that. They put Mookie Betts everywhere because of injury. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but you're not doing that um, because, you know, with the Guardians, because it's of injury, it's. I mean, those are those are keys that you need. 
I like right. that analogy. That's great. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, cheeseburger eating contest. Who eats more and how many? Jose Ramirez or Josh Naylor? Probably Josh Naylor, to be real, honest with you. <laughs> like, I'll be, I'll be real. Like, I don't see Jose Ramirez, you know, eating a lot of cheeseburgers like that. But I think <laughs> Josh Naylor is a goofy dude, and I love him. I love watching him play. I love his <laughs> semantics during the games when he's, like, all high, or energetic. But I think he honestly – he he probably would get Jose Ramirez by like maybe six or seven. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's I mean, listen, they're both big boys. I mean, if these boys walked into a restaurant that like at a buffet, these guys would probably the owners would probably be like, here's your restrictor plate. You only get to come back for one time because otherwise we can't afford this this buffet. You guys keep coming back in unless you're gonna bring all your teammates in and pay full price, then we're good. So Absolutely. There you go. Well, Dylan, you've been such a fantastic guest for Tuesday morning. I'm so grateful. We're going to get you on again. Want to get you on again with a, a couple of other uh, Central Division people. Um, we might talk Central Division come two thirds of the way through the season, um, and we'll we'll get you back on there. But uh, for you, top fan rivalry followers, Dylan, we'll tag him this morning. We'll make sure that uh, you know who his Instagram is. Follow him. He's got great baseball content. He's a good family guy. Um, you know, he serves his country. He's, he's just a great guy all around. So Dylan, thanks so much for the time and stick around for a second. All right. Thank you. You bet.